Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Park from Bowson Park. I'm Jonathan Liskov, and I thank you for joining me today. And I'm very excited to share with my audience the interview between two-time national champion and current Babson College Athletic Director, Mike Lynch. Mr. Lynch has been working in the sports industry since his time post-professional baseball and told me so many great stories and conducted such a great interview. Mr. Lynch is a true professional, and I am very happy we could find a time to speak. I think that this interview appeals to fans of all sports, and Babson College students should have the opportunity to hear from the man who keeps the athletics going at our college. So without further ado, here is the conversation between Mr. Lynch and I. Today, I am joined by Babson Athletic Director uh, Mike Lynch. Mr. Lynch, thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Good to be here. I'm super excited to have you, uh, the opportunity to talk to you for my podcast. I know that uh, there's a, you've been through a lot of different uh, phases in your athletic development career, and you even played some professional baseball, which I'm super interested in. So I'm excited to ask you some questions today. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm happy to uh, happy to do whatever you like. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to be here myself. So I I like to start kind of at the beginning and kind of like retrace your steps a little bit so I can kind of get you thinking chronologically. So I'm going to start uh, from your the beginning of your time with sports. Uh, when you were a kid, was it always you were a baseball kid? Because I know that you went on to play college baseball, but what yep. were your passions as a like up and coming high schooler and college athlete, and like what were your aspirations at the time? Sure. Um, well, I think growing up, first of all, I grew up. I was the the son of a, or I am the son of a firefighter. Uh, my dad was a firefighter. My mom was a uh, a, a teacher, and um, so we were a blue collar family. I grew up playing, you know, every sport under the sun. I think, but I really got as I got a little bit older, I started to get more interested in three in particular, baseball, basketball, and I played a little football. Um, but as I progressed through high school, baseball kind of uh, stood out above the rest in a pretty significant way. Um, I think my father found out pretty quickly I could throw a baseball pretty hard because there were a number of times where I ended up breaking his mitt, and uh, he, he kept encouraging me just to stick with baseball, yeah. given, given that I could throw the ball pretty hard. So, um, yeah, so I ended up, uh, I played high school baseball at Binghamton High, um, which is where I grew up. It was about a, the school was about 2,200 students, so our senior class was over 500 students, so it was a pretty large place, and, um, had a great experience there. I played summer baseball, and really played as much as I possibly could. I just, I fell in love with baseball at a really early age. I was a Yankees fan from the, from as long as I can remember, and uh, had an opportunity to see a lot of World Series uh, wins by the Yanks. And I, I just think that really, really excited me about the game. And I was lucky enough. I was, a you know, like a pretty good pitcher and got an opportunity to attend college at a great place that where I not only got a, got a great education, but also had an opportunity to really um, develop as a pitcher and um, you know, left Rollins and uh, had an opportunity to play professionally, which was just a, a dream come true for me. It was something, you know, when, if, if I look back on my, what I really wanted to do as a kid, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. And I got the opportunity to try and do that. And uh, not a lot of people do. And that was, that was the thrill of my life. Um, so that was, um, you know, feels like a, feels like just yesterday, but I look back, it was 30 years ago now, but um, yeah. the time of my life, it was fantastic. I, um, I am myself, I'm a big Yankees fan and, I have been. I grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts, so it's not always been, been easy. So <laughs> I like. I like when I can kind of hear that in you, and 
so I, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. And you mentioned a little bit about how you had the opportunity to play for uh, a couple of professional organizations. And my, that actually leads into my next question. So after you left Rollins uh, College, uh, you took them to the Division Two World Series. I want to ask you a little bit about that, but we'll yeah. go back. I want to start with uh, you spent time with the Brewers and the Red Sox, those organizations. So how surreal was it for you when you signed that contract? And do you have any memories or stories from that time in your life that stand out as ones that you have as, as the most memorable? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I do. Um, uh, the, in fact, the day that I signed my, or the day that I was contacted by the Milwaukee Brewers was, uh, it was in the middle of the Division One College World Series. So my team at Rollins, you were right. I went to, uh, we we played in the Division Two College World Series when I was a junior, uh, and then my senior year we had looked forward to going back, and we were actually beaten in the last game of the regionals uh, by the University of Tampa. So we ended up not heading uh, to the national championship as we had hoped. Our season completed, and we went, you know, everybody went home. And at that time, the Division One tournament was a few weeks later. So I was at home watching the Division One tournament. And, and at that time, during the tournament itself, um, the, uh, the announcers used to break in with draft picks. And I remember sitting there through the first few rounds, and I, was, I had no anticipation that I was going to be drafted. Uh, I knew I, I knew I might get an opportunity to play, but I didn't think about getting drafted at the time. But in the second day of the College World Series was day two or day three of the draft, and I ended up getting my name called. And uh, the Brewers, uh, the phone call, the phone rang, and <laughs> I ran in, picked up the phone. It was Bruce Mano, who's the general manager of the Brewers, and uh, wanted to sign me to a professional contract. And it was just, uh, it, it, it was amazing to uh, to be on the, be on the other end of the phone. Hearing somebody say that they wanted to, they wanted you to come and play professionally for them. So, I uh, I ended up leaving a week later for Peoria, Arizona, and I played in the rookie league that first year. And um, I think I led the league in strikeouts. And I ended up hurting my arm and and uh, getting released that following spring. And thought my career was over with. And then got picked up and played for an independent club for a summer, led that league in strikeouts, and, and got picked up by the Red Sox. And uh, so I ended up playing three seasons of, uh, of professional baseball and played in a lot of great parks. Um, my last year I played at uh, in the Florida State League, which is where a number of the professional teams, a number of the major league teams uh, played their spring training games. So they were, you know, big-time ballparks and great places to pitch. And uh, it was just amazing. I have nothing but great memories. That's so fantastic. I mean, you got essentially part uh, or not your whole dream to come true when you got that phone call. So I'm sure that that was a, a moment you'll never forget. And I mean, I'm hoping to have that opportunity one day with the major league team too, just not uh, on the playing field, hopefully uh, behind the scenes a little bit. So hopefully I can yeah, get that I hope opportunity that works for too. You. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so my, I want to ask you a question a little bit, like, as I mentioned, like off the field. So what is one thing while you were a professional that you learned about that industry that you didn't know beforehand. So something that you kind of, your eyes were open to while you were in there. When I was playing professionally? Yes. I would say, well, I'll tell you a story. The first, the very first game that I pitched, I was the first, I was the only guy on the field that spoke English. So we had a, you know, first baseman from Mexico, a second baseman from Puerto Rico, a third baseman from the Dominican Republic, 
um, et cetera, et cetera, around the, around the horn. Um, not even my catcher spoke English. And my manager was bilingual, but I would say his, his primary language is Spanish. So to be, the own, to, be, to be a minority in a sport where, you know, what I consider to be America's pastime and America's greatest sport was a real, was a real different kind of an experience. But what I learned through that was that everybody, everybody on that field, no matter how different they were or what different dialect of Spanish that they spoke, everybody spoke the language of baseball. Uh, and it was really cool to see, you know, nine guys, the nine guys on the field, but also a number of guys in, on the bench um, all come together, regardless of where they were from around the world, and, and work towards a common goal. So that, that was something that I will never, ever forget. I, I had no idea what to expect when I got on the field. And, I, you know, the, the coach put the – or the coach, the, the catcher put the number one down. I knew, knew he wanted me to throw a fastball. And that was about the extent of our uh, verbal connection. Um, but everybody was connected through baseball, and that was a really cool experience. That's a really great story. I, I'm, thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was something I will – I'll never forget. I mean, just having the opportunity to play professionally was, as you said earlier, a dream come true for me. But to, to know that I would pick up something like that along the way, I never anticipated. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So – so after baseball, you spent time in the Boston University and the Miami University Athletics Department. And so I wanted to ask you how that was a little bit different at, like, those Division One schools. Maybe your role was a little bit different. How were your tasks, and how did you spend your time differently than you are currently, and how did it change from place to place and kind of from job to job? Well, that's a really, really good question, and, and it's uh, my, my path is a little bit uh I guess probably non-traditional, at least at least in terms of becoming an athletic director the way that I did. Um, I actually got my start at Union College, which is a Division three school right down the road in Schenectady, uh, New York. You know, three hours from here, straight on the thruway. Um, I grew up in Binghamton and and ended up starting my career in in or near Albany. Um, and at Union, I had a uh, I had an opportunity to get introduced to fundraising for colleges. Um, I worked in the development office there, and I ran uh, part of their annual fund. So every year for four years, we would uh, we would contact alumni from Union and ask them to make contributions to the annual fund. And after a couple of years, I got you know I found out that I was pretty good at that, and they asked me to start meeting with individual donors about bigger contributions. And that was really my entree to uh, to my first opportunity, in, really in sports, which was at the University of Miami. Uh, and and for me, that was probably the biggest, I would say, the biggest break in my career because I didn't know anybody at the university. Um, I simply submitted a resume uh, and was lucky enough to be one of, I think it was seven or eight people that interviewed for this job, which was. I was going to be raising money for the Miami Hurricanes. So I was going to be working in what they call the Hurricane Club, and that's their uh, the Hurricane Support Organization. And, and everything I was doing at that point would be raising money for their sports teams, um, primarily driven by football, some of it driven by basketball and baseball, but primarily football. And um, I, I remember the uh, the gentleman who was making the hire he brought me down to Miami. I'd never been away from – I'd never been to, to that part of the country. Um, I was married at the time, and uh, we, we, ended up, we ended up moving there. 
Uh, they made me a great offer, and I, I ended up moving down to Miami and spending three years with the Hurricanes, and I got a chance to see what big-time college sports is all about, um, you know, much more like a – I would say much more like a professional franchise than – than a uh, than than the program that we have here at Babson, but it taught me a lot about what it takes to be successful at the highest level. I spent three years there and saw a lot of their teams go on to the national tournament. Uh, unfortunately for me, it was not a uh, it was not a great time for their football program. Um, they had just come off of uh, uh, national sanctions, and while I was there, they were really rebuilding their team. But I was there in the in the heyday of of Hurricane football. At the time when they had won, or they had been in eight national championships in ten years, wow. so to be to be part of a program like that was just it was just incredible to see that the the uh, the power of sports at that level. Um, but I, you know, I, I I wanted something a little bit different. Um, at the time, I had had my first daughter, and we wanted to be closer to family. So I ended up uh, taking a job at, at Boston University again in fundraising. Um, but fundraising for athletics, and came to BU, and my project was a it was the it was building a Gannis Arena, which is a at the time was a 50 million dollar building. Um, this was in 2000, the year 2000, uh, and my task was to raise a, raise 50 million dollars so that they could build a new uh, arena on campus, which was going to house their hockey team, and BU's hockey programs among the best in the country. So um, came to BU, accomplished that task, uh, was in the right place at the right time, and had somebody tap me on the shoulder one day and ask me if I wanted to be their athletic director. And uh, sure enough, in 2004, I became AD there, and I spent 10 years uh, in Division One as a as a Division One AD with a with a hockey program that won a national championship and basketball team that went to the tournament one year. We actually played Kansas uh, in 2011. So had some had some just some amazing experiences, and then um, you know after after ten years in in that job, uh, and we can you know we can certainly talk about the the uh, the stressors of a role like that. But after after ten years, I was I was pretty cooked, and uh, decided that I was going to get out of college sports. Actually, not that I was uh, I, I certainly didn't. Uh, it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a love hate relationship. It was just I was tired. <laughs> And I needed uh, I needed to decompress a little bit, so I got out. I I started my own consulting firm in fundraising, and then a few years ago, Larry Ward contacted me, who's the the vice president and dean of students here, and and asked if I'd be interested in coming back into college sports and and working at this uh, you know this little place called Babson College. <laughs> I've been here ever since, so that's a mm. that's a, a, a you know a bridge story of uh, Cliff Notes version of of how I got to where I am today. That's that's really cool. I mean, you mentioned the the title for hockey. Do you have a ring for that team? I do, I do. Actually, um, that was one of the most extraordinary experiences I've ever been a part of. We were the the team. We had a um, we had an overwhelmingly uh, we were the overwhelming favorites in the national tournament that year. We had six or seven guys that went on to play in the NHL, and um, we made it to the title game. And we were actually down. Three to one. You should you should look this up. It was the 2009 national championship. It's on YouTube. Uh, we were down three to one with a minute to go in the game, and uh, we had we came back and won it. We tied it at uh, the 44 second mark. So we scored twice in about what's that 56 or 66 seconds, and then won the game in overtime. And it was it was just it was bedlam. <laughs> 
it was in Washington D.C. We were the number one seed, so at the time the number one seed got the uh, the locker room of the home team. So we were in the locker room, the Capitals locker room. Um, just an amazing setup there. Washington D.C. was a just a tremendous city. Um, we had BU has fans all over the country, so thousands of BU fans there. And uh, the the day or in the days that followed after we won that championship, we had a a duck boat parade on BU's campus and. We met wow. at uh, we had five thousand fans at Marsh Chapel, which is right in the center of BU's campus, and brought the brought the national championship trophy there, and it was it was just unbelievable. Yeah, so I have a I have a ring from there, and I actually you know, I'm one of the I think I'm one of the few athletic directors actually who have a national championship in D1 and in D3 because I was here in 2017 when our basketball team won the national championship too. So I've wow. got a couple of pretty pretty cool rings on my desk. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, you you mentioned 2011 when you guys played Kansas as the you were the BUAD BU played Kansas. Yeah. So in 2011, you received the Under Armour AD of the Year award. So I wanted to ask you how big of an honor that was to be selected for that, and was it something that you ever thought you could receive, or was that ever a goal, or was that kind of out of nowhere? Yeah, that one was kind of out of nowhere. I, I, it certainly was not a goal of mine. I mean, I'm I'm the type of person who just you know kind of puts his head down, does his job. But we had a, you know, we had a hell of a year. Um, I think I think that award probably came off of a, a number of other things that we had done at the college. I mean, we had we had completed the arena. We ended up building a brand new facility for our field hockey program. We we basically redid almost all of the athletic infrastructure for the sports teams. Um, almost every facility there we, we rebuilt, um, and that was off of a, a ton of hard work and fundraising. And, um, you know, when I, got, when I got that award, it was really, I mean, it's cool for me personally, but for more importantly, it just, it just gave me uh, a real good feeling about my team, about my staff, because um, when you get to, when you get to sit in the athletic director's chair, you know obviously all of the uh, all the decisions. When when things go well, you know you you try and give out the accolades to everybody else. But when stuff goes wrong, you're the guy that you know you're the guy that people look at. And uh, I I would not have been able to we would not have been able to achieve everything we did without having a great staff. And I had a really great staff, so it was awesome to be able to celebrate with them and and to be able to count you know our team among the best in the country at that time. Yeah, I mean, you you share the you share the love with your team, which is really nice. That's you, I can tell that you're a super humble guy, and you take pride in those accomplishments. But um, yeah, that's 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 a big that's a big award for you to receive. So uh, yeah. you should definitely be proud of yourself because <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of ads who I'm sure do spend a lot of time in Division One and probably don't get that that opportunity. So you should definitely. Definitely no, thank you. Enjoy that. Yeah, thanks um, for that. So it was uh, it was a big moment. You talked a little bit about the stressors of being an athletic director in D1, so I think that that's something we could probably touch upon. So my question would be, if you had to pick one of the most rewarding aspects of the job and one of the mo- biggest stressors of that job, what would those two be? Hmm. One of the most rewarding aspects, um, just just knowing that you have a platform to be able to impact so many uh, young people, and that's that's true at Division One, Division Three, wherever. I mean, the AD has a pretty significant role in determining the direction of a department, 
and the culture of a department. So, you know, whether it's here at Babson or at BU, just being able to use that mantle uh, of the athletic director's chair to, to impact policy and to and that's really what I that's really what I got into this job for. I, I had a uh, I had a coach at Rollins who really changed my life. Um, he showed me what, what how hard work could uh, could turn into meaningful things for me and my family, and and uh, I never forgot that. And I wanted to give that back. And I thought I wanted to be a baseball coach when I first started out, but that you know I, I eventually was led to administration and and realized that. Being an AD, I could impact you know 24 times the amount of guys that I could as a coach, or 24 times the amount of students that I could as a coach. So uh, that was really probably the most rewarding thing. The biggest stressors, I think, are it's it's the amount of time and energy that you have to give to this job in order to be successful, particularly at that level um, where there are all kinds of outside influences that. Um, that you really don't think about until you get into the chair, um, you know, the athletic director's chair. You, you could sit as the number two guy in a department for 15 or 20 years and never really experience what it's like to have to make a decision uh, that's either going to uh, it's either going to cancel a program, um, or you're going to or you're going to fire a friend, or you're going to um, tell a team that they can't go someplace. Um, you know, you're the person in, the, in that chair that's making those big decisions, and those are um, – it's a lonely place, you know, because there's nobody else. Unless you unless you have a former AD on your staff, uh, there's nobody else you can talk to about it because they really just don't understand it. And right. uh, I, I would say that that was probably the biggest stressor for me, and it, and it continues to be, you know, even at a place like Babson. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we're trying to – we're trying to help our our teams to get back to to uh, back to play. I mean, I have to count on my staff to give me good information, but at the end of the day, I'm the person who has to make the decision to go or or to stay home. So. Right, and um, that that those are it's tough, especially when because you are the one that uh, you get a little a lot of the glory when the teams win, but at the same time, when when things are the tough decisions have to be made, you're you're the face of the program as the athletic director, so that's definitely part of it as well just being the face of that program that's right absolutely 100 percent. i mean we had i had plenty of awesome things go right at bu and plenty of plenty of things that did not and uh in either way i'm 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 either uh smiling about it or i'm i'm dealing with the ramifications of uh of the mistake uh yeah yeah for sure so i uh i really appreciate you taking time to talk to me today again i um I've enjoyed hearing all of your stories, especially about professional baseball, because I'm a baseball kid myself. But before I let you go, i got one more question for you. And okay. it's relating a little bit more to uh, your time at Babson, because I I am a Babson too. My sister graduated from Babson as well uh, a couple of years wow, ago. Wow, no kidding. One year. Yeah, one year before I came in. So oh, she was wow. here when, when Babson won the national championship, which was cool. She got yeah. to experience that. So we've, we've had connections to Babson for a while. So if you had to say – if you had to pick, like, one or two moments in Babson specifically, like those BU moments you mentioned, like, what what kind of jumps off the table for you? Yeah, there was, um, I would say, a couple of different things. One was the, uh, I'd nev- I've never been to the, uh, I-, I participated in the College World Series as a student athlete, and I have not been back since. And when the baseball team, when our team won the regional, the super regional against Cortland, 
and knew that we were advancing to the national championship and the World Series. That was that was absolutely incredible. Um, to see our, there, there are I mean there are a number of things. I mean to see our women's volleyball team play in the national championship, to watch Joey Flannery and the 2017 men's team um, come back from a 25 point second half deficit against a team that was really really good who were basically blowing our doors off and then to have our team come roaring back and win the game by 10. Those are those are the memories that are just burned in my mind and uh there's yeah. some of the you know I, I had I had often heard that that the uh the Division 3 student athletes, you know, they're 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 here to get an education and and the the athletics is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a sidecar. Um I I will tell you those those teams and those athletes um Particularly here at Babson, they care just as much. They work just as hard. They want to win just as much as anybody in Division One. And uh, to see them compete the way that they competed in in those national tournaments, it was just uh, it was just amazing. And to think that this place, you know, 15 years ago, we really, with with the exception of the hockey team and a couple of teams here or there, you know, Babson was nowhere to be found on the Division Three landscape. And and now to think that. Four years after, you know, four years after having been here, we've had a dozen teams go to the go to the Sweet 16 or better, and we've had a few teams in the national championship. It's just amazing to see. So it's it's been fun to be a part of that. That's such a great way to uh, to cap this off because it's it's so true. Like you have been doing a great job at Babson, and I uh, hope you can continue the great work. And I appreciate your time today, Mr. Lynch. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Anytime. Hope we can meet in person soon. Yeah, we'll have to connect again soon. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Between the interview and now, I had the chance to rewatch Boston University's comeback, and although I'm not much of a hockey fan, I had goosebumps before they even tied the game. Mr. Lynch has been a part of a couple incredible moments in sports, and I thank him again for taking the time to talk to me and answer my questions. After 10 episodes of Inside the Park, I can confidently say that I am very much enjoying the opportunity to interview such great people and such great minds in the sports field, and I am excited to continue with this platform that I am slowly building. I really appreciate everyone that has tuned in for an episode so far, and I hope that you have been able to both learn something, and I hope that you have enjoyed your time. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Liskov.